may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Some dude named Raymond James says all we do is talk statistics here on this show. That is laughable. Jim tweets, wow, Raymond James, don't you know? He sounds like an investment former at Tampa Football Stadium. That's not your best work, Jim, but we'll allow it. You're on the right side of things here. You're fighting for Crowley. You're a snowflake, Jim. Braden's a snowflake. We'll talk statistics whenever we want. Whenever we damn well please. It's kind of tough to have a sports show and not bring up statistics at all. Uh, it's fairly important. What am I supposed to say? Crosby played really well last night? And not bring up the fact that he had four points? That's not how we do things here. Uh, we just give you information. We do it in an entertaining fashion. And if you don't like it, eat me. How about that? Hi! Oh. I am. I heard you're doing a stats show today. Couldn't be more of a fan of that. I got a couple stats I'd like to throw at you if the floor is mine. Yeah, take it away, Harry. Number one, if you passed gas consistently for six years and nine months, enough gas is produced to create the energy of an atomic bomb. Although I already knew that, Adam, because I'm the main reason why Hiroshima was a thing. (laughs) Another one for you here. Some lions mate over 50 times a day. My God, I can't even imagine. A cat's jaw cannot move sideways. That's funny because neither can mine. I guess that's why all my friends call me Whiskers. And finally for you, Adam, a snail can sleep for three years. I guess that makes me whatever the opposite of a snail is because I've been awake for the past decade straight. (laughs) Back to you. James Harrison retired. You either die here or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? James Harrison had a chance to go down. I just hit my microphone off by accident. As an all-time great. When he decided to retire with the team prior to the 2014 season, but because of the way things have ended, this season, with him going to New England, Steelers fans have a bad taste in their mouths. Here's a question that's being thrown around on Sports Talk Radio and on Twitter, and I'm sure it's going to be written about a bunch. How do you view James Harrison's legacy? Do you look back fondly on James, or did he ruin his legacy by ending his career with the Patriots? I don't think it's that simple. With James, it never is, never has been. Harrison's the Steelers' all-time sack leader with 80.5. I tried to do the dork voice, and that's what came out. I think we got to close that one behind the closet. Let's pun on that one. I think we're going to yeah. pun on the dork. Yeah. Because I can't go in and out of the dork. That's hey, what we, he said. We oh, we try things, and they don't work. That's oh, the show. Well. Yeah, that's what you get here. And a bunch of stats. Harrison's the Steelers' all-time sack leader with 85, 80.5. I, I was nervous about reading the number. <laughs> I was thinking about going back into it. I can't. I can't. He was responsible for one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. For a brief period, he was the most feared defensive player in the National Football League. I don't think that that's up for debate. He was breaking Browns left and right. He was breaking Browns fans left and right. Slammed that jackass on his head in a great 41 nothing stomping of the brownies. 
Steelers fans can't and shouldn't forget his great moments. It also shouldn't be forgotten that uh, Mr. James might not be the nicest guy. Uh, Probably not a great dude. He was arrested and charged for assault in 2008. Sure, the charges were later dropped after Harrison completed an anger management course, but if I was charged for assault, people would say I'm a bad dude. Jay Mariotti, anybody? In 2011, he appeared in a controversial men's journal article that was shown and had him on the cover holding a pair of guns. Harrison was also outspoken about participation trophies. I'm never giving one of those to my kids. And in 2011, he said this about Roger Goodell, quote, if that man was on fire and I had to pee to put him out, I wouldn't do it. James Harrison had great moments as a Pittsburgh Steeler. He also had some moments that made me question his character. Not everything's black and white. How do you view the Harrison legacy? I remember all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm not interested in anybody calling the show today and telling me how they view James Harrison. I'm not interested in anybody saying, oh, remember what he did in Super Bowl 43? Yeah, we all do. I'm not interested in anybody saying, he left for the Patriots. He should burn in hell. I'm not interested in the conversation because it must just be me. I can remember both things. I can view James Harrison as the complex, sometimes douchebag human being that he was and is. I can factor all things into account. Sure, none of us want our worst moments to be public. We've all made mistakes. We've all got character flaws. That's a reality. I've got character flaws. Big ones. You just don't want them to become public. James Harrison's did become public. James Harrison pouted and complained like a baby at the end of his Steelers career, and I'm not going to forget that. But that doesn't mean that I can't look back fondly on the moments that he did have when he was playing football at the highest possible level. When James Harrison had 16 sacks back in 2008, it was awesome. He was breaking MFers in half. I remember one play in particular where he came off the edge against San Diego that year. The Steelers won 11-10, which was weird in and of itself. And he hits Bree, or whoever it was, Rivers at the time, bends him over. Hello. And he gets him down for the safety. The left tackle was shaking prior to the play. He single-handedly beat the Ravens a couple of times that year when the Steelers beat him three times in 2008. For a brief period, James Harrison was the most feared player in the league, and For a brief period, one of the best players in Steelers history, a storied history that has some of the best defensive players of all time. I can remember that and still at the same time think he was an ass clown for falling asleep in a meeting this year, for not providing leadership to the players who needed leadership, the young players like T.J. Watt. And I can remember the way he forced himself out of town. Why do I have to pick? Why does anybody have to pick? Why do we have to say, oh, it's either this or that, either his legacy is a great stealer who's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame, in the Hall of Honor, or, oh, he doesn't belong anywhere. And as for anybody who thinks the legacy stuff matters anyway, shut the hell up. Yamir Yager said, when he was leaving town, I'm dying inside. Dying alive. 
He got booed forever. They're going to hang his jersey in the rafters. He still helped the Penguins win two Stanley Cups. Legacy is just a word that we use because football season's over and we have to find a way to talk about something that's really all that not interesting. We do this all the time in sports radio. We invent words and terms, and and we find lists that we need to debate. That's the other thing that's happening today. Who's the better stealer, James Harrison or Greg Lloyd? And then that conversation branches off into another conversation. Who's the better stealer, Troy Palomalu or Rod Woodson? Spoiler alert, they all played for the Steelers. Spoiler alert, they all helped the Steelers win. Spoiler alert, I don't have to rank one over the other. It's just not interesting. It's laughable. Troy was great. Rod was great. Woodson. Rod Woodson was great. Greg Lloyd was great. James Harrison was great. It's okay to admit that and that he was a douchebag and still be happy he scored a touchdown against the Cardinals and have your mind not explode. Let's see how it works for the people across the street. It's time to go around the bags with the biggest D-bag on the Pittsburgh Airwaves, Adam Crowley. Pedro Alvarez was bad at playing first base. The Pirates scored only three runs in the first two games of the series against the Marlins this weekend, but they proved that they can win when they're not mashing the ball. This was something Tom was very excited about today in the pre-show meeting. Guys, they won two out of three, and the offense wasn't clicking. If you want to be a good baseball team, Tom is right. You've got to find ways to win games outside your comfort zone. They did that. And really, it was personified by Jamison Tyon, who didn't have his best stuff, yet he went six innings and didn't give up a run. That son bitch has an ERA of .89. In middle school, wearing Abercrombie and Fitch was a one-way ticket to second base. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Dickerson drove in a run on a pop-up bunt in the ninth inning of Game 2 of the Marlins series. The bullpen, though, they allowed that fluke to happen by pitching three shutout innings. I can see Tom over there getting excited. I can see the tears welling up in his eyes, and it's not the only thing that's wet over there. Great last two games for the Pirates' pen. That's six straight innings of shutout ball. Boom, baby. After my wedding, my buddy got to third base in the bathroom of his strip district's permanis. I told you not to act as though Polanco had totally turned the corner. I saw Tim Williams of PirateProspects.com tweet, If you're upset about the Pirates trading McCutcheon, and you're saying they're going to trade a guy like Polanco, at least enjoy what we have now which is Polanco breaking out. P.S.F.Y.I. His OPS is still great, but he's hitting 218 now on the season. Be patient. No need to anoint anyone just yet. He was one for five with a strikeout on Sunday. That's not to say he can't mash the ball. But we've seen it for months at a time before, and it hasn't lasted the entire season. Just do it consistently, man. After a couple of Chardonnays, Tom unbuckles his pants and practices. Going for home. Nova had his best start of the year yesterday. He struck out nine and six and two-thirds innings. They need him. Need him. 
to be more like first half of the year Nova from last year if they really want to have a shot at being competitive all season long. Brault's going to go for your buckets tonight as the Rockies come to town. Nolan Arenado, I found this out on Google.com, is suspended for the series because he got in a brawl. He's a pretty good pitcher. And that's going to do it today for Around the Bag. Another sensational performance by Adam that has to run his win streak up to like 27,000, which coincidentally is the amount of taste buds that a catfish has. Crazy animal, those catfishes. I don't know if it's a cat or a fish or both. I don't even know how the cats mate with the fish because cats hate water, Adam. Nature surely is a miracle and strange, strange thing. Back to you. Yeah, my joke was that Nolan Arenado's not a pitcher. And I pointed to Tom so that he could correct me. Tom's not here right now. And unfortunately, I look back and all I see is eyes. Two big-ass eyes staring back at me, head bobbling. Get out of here, Harry. I mean, jeez. No Nolan Arenado. Great hitter for the Rockies in this series. Also, unfortunately... Josh Harrison broke his hand, which means he's going on a DL. And unfortunately, they sent down Deveritis Naskvaroskis. Thank God. Can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Couldn't get that out twice. Uh, could not get it out. <laughs> and nobody could spell it on opening day when we asked them either. Do you know how to spell Neveraskis? No. <laughs> you want to you try? No. Very good. Do you know how to spell Neveraskis? Nope. Do you want to try? Uh, nope. How do you spell Neveraskis? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S. Do you have any faith in the bullpen? No. Can you spell Neveraskis? N-E-V-E-R-A-U-S-K-A-S, something like that. How about Tyon? Can you spell Tyon? T-A-I-L-O-N. Got that one. I think you missed an L. Two L's. Two L's like this series for the Pirates? No. Come on now. Can you spell Neveraskis? <laughs> N-E-V-E-R... A, uh, nope. Uh, Neveraskis, can you spell his name? No. Can you spell Neveraskis? Oh, it's like... N-E-V-E-R-S-A-K-A-S? Yes! Can you spell Neveraskis? Because I can't. Never mind, spell it. I can't even say it, probably. Can you spell Neveraskis? Who? Coming up next, Will Graves from the Associated Press. We'll ask him to spell Neveraskis, and maybe we'll have a nuanced conversation about James Harrison. Go figure. That's actually going to happen today on the radio. It's a Crowley show. Flo here with a really weird word, buttery. Buttery? It's not quite butter. It's, it's more butterish. Or maybe buttery is like butchery or bakery, a shop that sells artisanal butter products. Dig in, America. Now a word that's even more weird, flotection. Sure, it's not really a word, but it is really good protection for your new home through me and Progressive. No ifs, ands, or butteries about it. Sorry. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. N-E-V-E-R-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-K-A-U-
Is that right? Crosby loves it. I mean, he will never admit this publicly. Like, we were asking him about the urinals yesterday. He loves that stuff. I wish that the damn bump music wasn't so badass. I always get sucked in for like 15 seconds just jamming out back here in the studio. We gotta find a way to stream this show somewhere live. I need people to be looking at my face all the time. We're expanding. We're in two markets, Pittsburgh and Wheeling. It's the Crowley Show Radio Network. Speaking to all the snowflakes, 700% ratings increase. And we're ruining it all right now by bringing on Will Graves. William, <laughs> hello. What's up, man? So you say I'm the second best looking WVU grad working in the Pittsburgh media market. Are you saying Rossi's the hottest? Uh, no, I didn't even. Rossi's in our also receiving votes category. He's down there somewhere. Yeah, and that's only because I brought him up. We wouldn't even be thinking about him. <laughs> yeah, let's just be real here. I will say this. You know what? I, I'll give Rob this. He, he His ability to sort of change his looks on a weekly basis is pretty pretty startling. Me, I pretty much have looked the same, more or less, give or take 20 pounds in, the, in a hairline uh, for like 15 years. And he, every time, he, he mixes it up. I, 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 give, I give him credit for that. No, I think it's shady. I mean, be who you are, man. Uh, that's a little ridiculous to I don't me. Think he, I don't think he knows who he is. Okay. You know, I, I think he, I think he's still he's still. It's good though. I, I, that's admirable, right? You're still trying to find yourself. Me, I'm just sort of the same schmo I've always been. So I found myself after the first night in Morgantown, where I woke up not knowing how I got to where I was. At that point, I knew you can't behave like that, and I figured out that I like to behave by that all at the same time. It was it was really a, it was a it was a paradox, and there are. Paradoxes going on right now in the Pittsburgh sports media, uh, as they, I don't even know if that's the right word, as people are discussing James Harrison, Will, and talking okay. about his legacy. What is his legacy with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Do you think he should retire as a Pittsburgh Steeler? What will you remember about James Harrison? And the options are always, we love him, he was a great Steeler, or, no, F that guy, he sucks, and me, I have the ability to remember everything, so I kind of look at him as a douchebag who played well for the Steelers and had one of the great moments in Super Bowl history. Is there room for nuance in the James Harrison conversation, Will? I, I hope so. I mean, it's possible to be a great player and not so great person, at least in terms of your public persona, right? I mean, there are other athletes <laughs> on the Steelers that sort of fit that mold, correct? And uh, look, I think look, James could be prickly. Um, uh, James could be, you know, as I just always described it, reporters would be like human shrapnel when James was done with an interview, right? I mean, and I've looked at everybody. I've been in that zone where there's, you know, mixes with him where I ask a question and it's stupid and he blows it up. But he was, for five years, he was one of the top three linebackers in the NFL. For a guy that was an undrafted free agent that couldn't get off a practice squad that spent some time in Europe, I mean, that's pretty good, right? Oh, it's great. But isn't the legacy talk just something that's used to fill airwaves even though the legacy is what the legacy is? I don't think he tarnished his legacy by going to the New England Patriots. In 20 years, yeah. people are still going to be watching highlights of the Super Bowl, and kids who never knew anything about James Harrison are only going to know about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly an. I mean, let's remember he also was the defensive player of the year, so it wasn't yes. like he got lucky for 15 seconds in the Super Bowl. He it wasn't like a Larry. Rick Pitino once got lucky for 15 seconds. Anyway, go on. <laughs> and admit it in federal court, which is the sort of the you know, which is sort of the best part of that. Um, look, I, I think that he is a great player. Did he have some you know issues? Yeah, lots of guys have issues. I. I I think you can't call him – I wouldn't call him a great locker room guy. Um, at times he could be. As a reporter in our job, I like the fact that he didn't waste my time. You know, when he was – if he had something to say, he was going to say it. He didn't have a lot of time for BS questions. He didn't have – he was never going to give you a BS answer. And I respect that because a lot of guys uh, – you talk to them, and there's not an ounce of sincerity in their voice. And, I, and, and to me, James was nothing if not sincere. He owned his persona. He owned it. He didn't try to deflect or rebuild his image. You know, I mean, this is a guy that called Rod, you know, uh, Roger Goodell a crook and never, went, never backtracked on it, you know, and he stuck to his gun. So I, I can respect the fact that he sort of was who he was. Um, I thought he tried to get a little touchy-feely at the end. Um but that was because he was, you know, I think he was, you know, I, I, I want to play, but and sort of mopey, but you know, that really he earned the right, hadn't he? After fourteen years. Well, no, yeah. I mean, he was under contract here, and most players who are under contract they abide by the rules and don't fall asleep in meetings. And I just think that he—he's not the first—he's not the first player to to ever sort of pout his way out of a job. He's not, and it doesn't really—it doesn't like affect the way I think before. about him, but. I mean, it's something that happened. It's something that's part of the story for James Harrison. Right, but I don't think, I mean, when you take it in that moment, and, you know, if you're judging his, his career by 2017, yeah, but, I mean, when you look at the the span of it, you know, they he, they did not think he could play anymore because if they did, he would have played. I guess Period. my point is, Will, why do we have to decide one way or the other? Either he's an all-time Steelers great and deserves to be put in the Hall of Honor or, oh, his legacy was tarnished why can't we say yeah he kind of spit on his legacy a little bit at the end but he was still an all-time great you can say that i mean you know i when he retired in 14 you know i kind of is he a fringe hall of fame guy he probably he's probably not um but why not i wonder you know uh terrell davis was only really good for like three years you know and james's career to me his production how many other 38 year old linebackers get five sacks Okay, how many other 38-year-old linebackers draw game-winning penalties because the other the, uh, the the left tackle for the other team is so terrified of him? The only thing they can think to do when he comes at them is tackle him. You know, uh, I think that he sort of you know the Steelers what they love to do almost as much as anything is try to find guys in the diamonds in the rough. Who's the best receiver in the NFL? A sixth-round pick. Who's the defensive player of the year? I mean, somebody said, well, Polamalu, you know, was a generational talent. Yeah, Troy was a a star from the day he was born. James built himself into a star. I got a lot of respect Steroids. for that. And I think this I think the city does too. Steroids? So uh, what about steroids? Yeah, you think he and was... did he ever test positive? He did not. I'm just asking a question. I I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean I just wonder. he he never tested positive. So what do you, what you know, there's really not a leg to stand on, on on that one. I mean, he was a freak. He was a freak of nature. James Harrison once said that if Roger Goodell was on fire. He would not pee on him. And I found that ironic as all get out when Roger Goodell was trying to get James Harrison to pee into a cup 
the last year <laughs> of his career. I mean, he just should have lit himself on fire and then seen if James was a man of his word. Maybe. Uh, you know, James probably wouldn't have complained about taking that test. <laughs> you know, but the, the guy has, uh, he's, he's earned the right. I mean, I think there is something to be said for, you know, I think there are different rules for different players. I'm not saying some guy shouldn't take the, shouldn't, some guy should not, uh, should be above getting tested for PEDs, but I, I think that, if you're 38 years old and you're still in the NFL and you're getting tested four times a week, I think that's a little much. A little much. A little much. Joining me now, Will Graves from the Associated Press. Uh, Will, what is the most interesting thing to you about this series between the Penguins and the Flyers? To me, it's that Philadelphia hates Sidney Crosby more than they like their team, and Sidney Crosby, to kind of tie the two points together, just pees all over them every time he goes to Philly. Well, I mean, I... I in terms of interesting from a from a narrative standpoint, I, I would say that's certainly up there. For me, it's the, Philadelphia is just sort of like they're they're just not very bright. I mean, before the series, they said we need to avoid taking dumb penalties and we need to be responsible on our own end. And in games one and three, they have absolutely done neither of those things. I mean, like it's like they they have this plan and then they get on the ice and the Penguins clown them, you know. So it, it's it's bizarre. It's like they it, it, they give lip service to what the the, the formula is to, to beat the Penguins, and then they get on the ice and they go, oh, my God, there's 87. I don't know what to do. And then they lose their minds. So that, that, to me, is the most interesting thing. I've never seen a team say, we can't, we have to avoid doing these two things, and then they do exactly those two things. And they seem to be powerless to stop themselves. So. I'm putting this up on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley, and ask Will this question. Who's a person in sports that you wouldn't pee on if they were on fire? <laughs> Tell me. Who, who wouldn't you pee on? Oh, man. Uh, I've been trying to, like, take this more mature tack these days, Crowley. Oh. It's, uh, you, you know, um, I'll think of somebody on, on in the moment. So last night I said something stupid in the moment that I'm regretting on TV, so I don't want to. Let me think about it. I'll come up with Oh, you said it on TV. I know what you're talking about. I thought you tweeted it. No, I said it on television. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about it. Since I, I'm going to do a little ownership here. So I did a uh, showdown with uh, last night, which is Pomp's Sunday night show. We were talking about Pomp sort of came out of a break. Well, what did the Flyers have to do to get back in the series? And sort of me with Ben's and Pony on there, I sort of, I wasn't, in, I was kind of caught flat-footed and I tried to be Funny by telling a lame recycle joke that we've all heard a thousand times. The difference is when you say, "Well, I don't know, maybe the pens will get in a bus crash or something." Oh. When you say that when you say that, or some matter of fact of that, uh, you know, a week and a half after a horrific tragedy in Canada where you've got, you know, sixteen people lost their lives because of exactly a hockey team bus crash, you feel like a complete, you know, idiot. And the, and the thing was, in the, I cringed inwardly in the moment, but not. I wasn't sure why. Just like that was pretty stupid in general. And then some guy on Twitter rightfully called me out on it. And I've, look, I'm a guy that t- likes to take the piss out of hot takers, right? And it's sort of, I, I'm not that guy. I'm sort of like the level-headed guy. I mean, I can be funny and obnoxious with you, but in general, I like to consider myself a grown-up. That was just stupid. It was just absolutely stupid. Was an, that, it was an accident, but though. You can get drawn, but you can get, we've all made that joke. We've all made that joke in some fashion, whether we're sitting in a bar or we're sitting at home or whatever, when one team is, appears to be far superior to the other, how does a team that isn't good enough, how do they win this whatever game series, whatever. We all make some variation on that joke. 
Um, but it was stu- It was just stupid. It was stupid. And I'm an idiot for saying it. So, have at me. I feel pretty bad. I do. I feel pretty bad today. Like, I, you know, I didn't, you know, I kind of hold myself. I try to hold myself to a higher standard. And I feel that was pretty stupid. It was, and I apologized to the guy on Twitter. I said, thanks for calling me on it. I'm all about trans. I will say this. I am all about transparency. If I screw up, it's the number one virtue I'll of the Crowley it. Show. Yeah, transparency. You know, if I screw up, I'll, I'll own it. So that's that, that's it. Don't don't you ever say things? You got a lot of airtime. So I was on. I literally like talked for four minutes. Now I'm good at my job, minutes. though. That's the that's the problem with, with you. I mean, you just flat footed. I've never been caught flat footed in my life. I'm just so witty. <laughs> Vontez perfect. By the way, that's the one that people would not pee on. That's what I'm getting so that's far. A, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a, that, you know I I I don't know I, there there there's lots of villains out there. We all love a good heel, you know. I mean, and again, I mean James could be a heel. James sort of loved being a heel. So, you know, people in other cities think of James Harris in the way that the Steelers fans think of Bonte as perfect. So, you know, it's it's an interesting. It's just it's another example of like one of those guys where he's on your team you love him, and if he's on the other team you hate him. So. Why would I have to pee on anyone, though, if they're on fire? Like, why couldn't I just run over to the quickest faucet? Or why couldn't I just push them down and have them stop, drop, and roll? What if they got stung by a jellyfish? I mean, if you use it in that, you know, like like that Friends episode where they did that thing. They, you know, they peed on Monica on the beach. Taylor peed on her to get the jelly be- the it's jellyfish mapisinal. to go away. Right. So, I mean, it's, it, it can, can, you know, that can be used for both good and evil. Robert tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Tom Brady, he would not pee on. Uh, Braden Turbeville tweets Zach Ronaldo, he would not pee on. I would want to pee on Zach Ronaldo as he burned alive, but I would only want to pee so that. You know who I really want? I really hated live. who I, I really hated Dion. I really hated Dion. Okay, Dion Sanders. And then the, the irony was, I interviewed him once when he was adopting Noel Devine. I was still living in Florida. Noel was still in high school. If you guys remember, uh, former Dion Sanders adopted Noel yes. Devine. Yes, Dion Sanders, and I saw him in family court, and we talked to him for half an hour after this thing was over. And we—he was great. I am not going to lie. I mean, like I hated him during his career. I mean, I hated him, and yet he won me over. And you don't—you didn't hear about this. So he went to Texas with. You know, he took Noel to Texas for about three weeks, and then Noel basically borrowed, for lack of a better phrase, one of Dion's Escalades, left it running at the airport, hopped on a plane, and flew back to Fort Myers. That's how that happened. What the hell so, are you talking about now, Graves? Google it. I'll, I I'll mean, you're just, you were just Ed tweets. I wouldn't pee on Adam Schefter. Oops, I did it again. I don't know what that means. Tim <laughs> says John Terry. No idea who that even is. John Terry? John Terry. No, not the former presidential candidate who wound up being the, what was he? He was the Secretary of State, right, John Kerry? I actually met him in an airport in Boston, no joke. I'm not lying. I'm not doing that just on the heels of your awful story about being in court. I actually did run into John Kerry in an airport. He met you. He ran into you. That's how how he tells it. You know what? That's a good point. He met Crowley. (laughs) John Tortorella says Andrew Ho. That's a pretty good one. I'm just going to keep reading names of people who won't get peed on. Goodbye, Will. Thank you for your time as always, buddy. See you, dude. Hey, keep your head up, all right? Ah, man, I could have thrown him under the bus. Too late there. What? You were about to give him, like, all kinds of, like, hey, feel good about it. Don't don't let it get you down. He missed it. 
He did. Probably have to call him back later. And tell yeah, him. call him back. Call him back for the next segment. Tell him I'll tell him he's got to feel okay. Blake says, hey, man, don't worry about that comment. I'm not mad at you. Bleep happens. Some people just feed off the drama. We ain't mad, Will. Shiz, man, we got your back. That's the thing, though. People say stuff all the time that they don't, they don't always take the temperature of the room or the climate. And sometimes with the context added to it, it makes it a lot worse than it is. He didn't mean anything there. I mean, we'll we'll kind of hit it on the head. There is like, here we are, what four hours a day? You doing most of the heavy lifting, more so than Tom and I, and we're a bunch of idiots. Like the fact that we haven't said anything that gets us fired is, is kind of amazing to me right now. So I get it. In four minutes, yeah, you could easily say something. You got Benzie sitting to your side, you know, and you're like, you see him there, and you're like, yeah, I want to make Benzie laugh. Yeah, you know, could have easily make your boys laugh, us. baby. Yeah, we. I, I'd like to preemptive apologize for anything that we do in the future. Then. I wouldn't pee on Conor McGregor. That's what Clint says. Coming up next, <laughs> tell you why the Penguins won game three. That's right. I'll tell you every reason why. It's Crowley Show. As a small business owner, you're juggling it all, including customers' calls from your personal phone. But with Grasshopper, you get a business phone number and a business phone system from our mobile app so you can work smarter, not harder. Grasshopper forwards calls, texts, even transcribes voicemails. Everything you need to simplify your business and stay responsive. With Grasshopper, there's no long-term contracts and customer support is 24-7. Whether you're starting or growing your business, Grasshopper is the answer. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com slash radio. I stepped all over my Zach Ronaldo joke. You'll get another one, man. Well, I mean, if Ronaldo was on fire, I'd pee on him so that I'd have peed on him while he was dying. I wouldn't pee on him enough that he would not be on fire anymore. I'm glad Will stepped all over that. Yeah. Uh, not- Here are the Flyers' shot attempts by period at even strength. Oh, no. We're going to keep doing this thing? In the first period, they had 20 shots on goal. You're going to go for this, huh? In the second period, they got seven shots on goal. And in the third period, they had five. But here are the scoring chances by period, guys. In the first, they had 12. (laughs) In the second, they had three. And in in the third, they had one. I thought we were going to stop doing this. I'm yeah. Stat Pat. I thought we agreed that we were punting this bit. You I'm like, the Stat Pat character like, on the show. You like this bit, huh? I think it's pretty good. Do you? I don't got a problem with it. I think it works when we talk about stats. Not a good character. Katie's in here. She doesn't like the character. You Rhino. Be, you be you, man. Tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Pac-Man Jones is the guy that I would not pee on if he was on fire. Hmm. He's a mountaineer. I would force myself to urinate on that guy. You'd pee on any mountaineer that was on fire. I would pee on any mountaineer. But seriously, guys, one third period scoring chance, that is a very low number. And and I think here's the reason why. Jesse Marshall pointed this out on (laughs) Twitter.com. I noticed it upon looking back on the second viewing. The Flyers' forecheck was so good in the first period uh, that the Penguins were rushing things. But in the second period, 
the Penguins had a lot of breakout passes that were better. Because the reality is that the Penguins had more time than they, than they thought that they did. They held on to it for an extra second or two. And they were able to make smarter uh, passes going forward. Pat's not a great talker. But he's got his stats down. He's got he, the numbers. He's a shy guy, isn't he? he he's an X's and O's guy, too. He's shy. Let's workshop this guy. Because I think his backstory is this. Hmm. Got a super hot smoking wife, right? No. Naturally. No, <laughs> no naturally. I think he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Naturally does yeah. This guy's never had a girlfriend. Oh, come on. I think stat, Pat. No, that's the perfect twist. He yeah. makes all kinds of money. He's an accountant. He's boring as all oh, get out. Oh, he didn't tell me he was an accountant. Oh, he's got well, money. Stat, Pat. Of course he's an well, accountant. I, okay. Okay. Sorry, stat, Pat comes from money. Yeah. His family was wealthy. He got bullied a lot, though, I think, in high school. But whenever he was shoved in lockers, he would just sit there and play away on his TI-84. Was Stat Pat a manager of every season's team? You know that's right. Okay. Yeah, Stat Pat was the basketball manager. He was keeping score. He tried to do the PA system in football, but the football team barred him and gave him a wedgie. That's what happened. The line changes uh, work, too, I think. Uh, Getzel, Crosby, and Horquist, and then <laughs> Haglin, Malkin, and Kessel, and then Sherry. Some people want to call him Sherry, Broussard, and Rust. Uh, me thinks it all went down because Philly had the last change, and Sullivan didn't know what Hack Hackstall was going to try to do. But with Rust and Broussard... Uh, on the same third line, they became a line that could <laughs> shut you <laughs> shut you down and be good defensively. Haglin is the defensive conscious of the Malkin line, and Horquist and Crosby are both solid uh, on that end of the ice as well. And then the Flyers, they would not be able uh, to take advantage of Kessel and Sherry playing together. What kind of car does a Stat Pat drive? I think Stat Pat drives a 2007 Great year. It's a sedan, though. He's got to drive a sedan. Fuel economy is a must, too. Yeah. It might be even older than 2007 now that I think about it. I think he drives a 2001 Buick LeSabre. Buick LeSabre. Mm -hmm. Probably uh, willed to him by his grandparents or something. Sure. That's been in the family. Well, he's financially time. sound yeah. because he has the money from his upbringing and from being an accountant and. He's a state. He's a saver, man. He keeps that money. He doesn't want to spend it very much, except on his hot wife, which is how he keeps it. Things happen. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The Penguins' penalty kill was taking away the cross ice pass, and they were clogging, <laughs> clogging the lanes. The only thing the Flyers could do was pass it around the perimeter. Big time adjustment from Game Two, where the Flyers got two power play goals right from uh, from, uh, from from right around the blue paint. Chris Letang didn't allow a goal in 25 minutes of ice time. I thought he, and and really, uh, the Penguins' defense was shaky early, but they pulled it together after the first period. And Chad Roheidel... <laughs> you alright there, Stephen? Ch Chad... Ch <laughs> Step Pat's having an asthma attack. Chad, Chad, Chad. <laughs> hey, 
Chad Ruiz, Chad Ruiz, he leads the team and, and blocks shots through the first three games of the playoffs. Uh, so, so what I what I say is he and Cole who. Braden tweets at F Bomber. That's Brian. Hey man, give Crowley a chance with his bit. You've got Tom giving him an extra chance, but he literally choked on air. I like Stat Pat. He could be good. Well, there you go, Brian. You just got all the Stat Pat you can handle. Dugan tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. The best characters are inspired by personal experience. I'm glad you were bullied so that Stat Pat may be born, nerd. No, you see, Stat Pat was the manager for all the teams. Yeah. I just did theater and rowing. Big difference. That's why I wasn't having sex. He wasn't having sex because he was the team stat guy. Plus, you're rich, or you're not rich, and you drive a 2009 Kia Rio. I do. Which sometimes doesn't start. Chris tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I would not pee on pony. It's pronounced phony. Sid the Goat tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I would not pee on 2011 David Steckel. He broke Crosby. But Crosby has really had a great series against Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> and not just this series, but he's got it. He's done a great uh, in his career. He's got 97 points. Uh, he's a plus 20 <laughs> in 64 games all time against the Flyers. And, and what do they do? They pee on him. <laughs> He is sterile. Sometimes uh, I drink it when I, it's hot outside. Oh, Pat. Love you, Pat. Step Pat. Yeah, you keep being good, man. Well, thank, uh, thanks for giving me time on the show, Crowley. We got any more stats from our man Harry Carey? Uh, hold on, let me see if he's around. Yeah, see if Harry's around anywhere. I, I think g- he's talking to Step Pat in the hall. Yeah, those guys get a, they get each other. Yeah. Adam, can I indulge you for a second on a stat that just popped up on my computer. The flea can jump 350 times its body length. It's like a human jumping a football field out there. It's sensational stuff. Do you want any more? Yes, please, Harry. I, I, like I need more. more. I need more animal stuff. You got it, Stat Pat. A crocodile cannot stick its tongue out. I have no idea what to say after that, but I just find it incredibly amusing. Funny animal, those crocodiles, I always get them confused with alligators. I mean, they look the exact same. I'm pretty sure they're the same animal. Well, uh, well actually, actually, crocodiles are descendants of the dinosaurs and alligators. Use your words, son, please. <laughs> Do not stumble all over the place. Alligators, are they're just lizards. Coming up next, shut the hell up, you two. <laughs> this series comes down to one thing and one thing only, and it's two players. That's not a good stat, Adam. It's the Crowley Show. 
T-Mobile and Ashoka want to empower the next generation of changemakers with the T-Mobile Changemaker Challenge and are seeking ideas from visionary youth who want to improve their communities. Entries are encouraged from activists age 13 to 23. Ideas can be big or small as long as they drive positive change. 25 winning teams will receive a trip to the Changemaker Lab workshop at T-Mobile's headquarters, plus new devices and seat funding. Enter before May 31st, 2018. Learn more at T-Mobile.com slash Changemaker. No purchase necessary. U.S. Puerto Rico and D.C. Contest runs March 28th through May 31st, 2018. See store for full rules. That Ray guy tweeted me again. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, Adam Crowley isn't worth my pee. How about that? I wouldn't want you to pee on me, Raymond. I would want to die and then come back and haunt you as a poltergeist for the remainder of your fat-ass life. I'd pee on you. 